marketing campaign for my project. Uh, actually, the, the doors closed yesterday night. So I just received all the information about what people gave me and special notes that they wrote when they um, chose their counterparts and all. So amazing. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm moved. I'm, uh, well, it, it's a lot of money um, that I managed uh, gathering. Well, everybody just helped me, giving me a little something here and there. And I got clients buying services um, that I was offering for a cheaper price. So there's a bit of everything, like services I'm going to have to work for, but sure. also pure pure money that people sent me to. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm into that energy right now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, busy... That's a beautiful accomplishment. It is. Well, it's the beginning, so it's really to help me strike. So it's really. Um, it's starting, yeah. Uh, sorry, my English brain is um, slow to just no start. No worries. So I want to know, um, I want you to tell me all about your project. So this this conversation, I pressed record, this yeah. conversation began and is a natural growth from our conversation that we've been having for like several years, maybe a couple of years. I don't remember when we found each other. I love Instagram. It is something that brings like so many beautiful people into my life and you're one of them. Your encouragement, I wanted to tell you this and like get it on the record, like your encouragement to me on Instagram and DMs, liking my work, talking about it, our, our creative conversation so far have just been so encouraging to me. And I always know, like, I'm going to post this and I'm like, well, Marianne, you know, well, let's see what Marianne has to say about this. So, you know, I definitely keep you in mind and think of you always because you're, you've been such a loyal, like, you know, advocate and fan of my, of my work, sharing each other's um, projects and stuff. So I want to know um, everything about your project. Despite mm -hmm. my two semesters, two semesters of, of French um, in high school, none of that was really Not enough. <laughs> your, yeah, your um, your project is in French. Um, so I want you to tell me about it. I want to know everything about it. Um, we so this originally i was like so why don't you interview me like well let you know you're like can i ask you some questions about photographs and family photographs and i'm in a research mode and this is my project and i was like yeah let's just have a conversation you can interview me but in the in the interim i was thinking about all these questions that i wanted to ask you so it's going to be a it'll be a just a conversation i want to interview you as well Absolutely. um i have like some photo albums that I want to show you of some of my family albums. I have some quotes and things that I pulled that have to do with our topic, which is really the family photograph. Um, our audiences are both people who are really interested or both of our audiences are people who are really interested in this. And there's many of us out there. I mean, everyone loves a family photograph, but you and I have created bodies of work and services and projects that have to do with this because we absolutely love it so start by telling me like about yourself about your business about your background um and then tell me everything about the project wow well that's a big question and uh yeah i have to say that i don't necessarily have the opportunity to speak about that in english so i will have to find the words um to put on my thoughts so i might hesitate or Get, go grab the dictionary. I know I'm kidding, but um, well, actually, I I ended up starting my business a few years ago. Like I can say, uh, five years later that now I'm I'm a lifestyle and documentary photographer. I really love to inject as much documentary 
um, insight or a point of view on my lifestyle uh, work. Basically, the lifestyle aspect of it is uh, the fact that I'm guiding or helping people feel something when sometimes they're not comfortable or um, anyways. Uh, all that to say that I ended up starting my business five years ago when I came back from maternity leave. I I did all sorts of things like I'm soon to be 40. So I'm I, I'm quite late on my um, career findings or um, but I, I ended up just taking a step back uh, during maternity leave and thinking about the fact that what mattered to me most in life <laughs> was of course the time I was spending with my dear ones and the fact that I was I had this capability of looking at people and uh, grabbing the um, the magic or the um, the things that were precious between one another mm -hmm. so uh, I had been taking pictures of um, everybody every child that was born around me um, before that for about 10 years and uh but i was not you know i'm well sorry it gets confusing but like i've been taking pictures forever like i started um i got my first camera when i was 13 or something and uh working in the, the dark room and i worked in a photo lab for a few years it was my first job so it photography I, i've always had a camera with me more or less um but um but the fact that it became uh, a business is really after having tried many things you know that made more sense in a conservative way of um getting a serious job or learning something official or um i never studied uh, photography i i started a photography program when i was 16 but i had i was going through uh, a hard time in my life and it really wasn't the right timing and actually i really didn't like having people asking me to take pictures of things i was i was not interested about mm -hmm. because i i didn't know so far what i was really interested about mm. so it took basically uh almost 20 years before i i knew and um so here i am i've been uh it, it's been a quite difficult couple of years you know getting the business started and uh trying to find what's important what's not you know, being able to talk to the ideal client and let the other ones, you know, out <laughs> yeah. to find somebody else, somebody else. Um, and uh, getting to a point where I, um, I'm working a lot and uh, I, I really put personal projects aside. Mm. Um, and um, I, I had a phase uh, when I was trying to find uh, my voice, let's say, um, about 10 years ago when I, when I had a big uh, photo project. It was called Montréal, Quebec, Bruxelles. Uh, so Montreal, Quebec City and uh, Brussels. Because it was, um, there were three cities where I, I did live and I, I could see all kinds of parallels and all. And I was in, yeah, in an in-between phase and I ended up with all these ideas of, how these uh, cities in terms of um, built environment, but also in terms of how the culture expresses itself in the built environment, you know, how they could really get closer to each other and ask questions or give answers to one, to, to each other. So I, I, I worked on a big project for a year or so, and I went to Europe to, um, to document that. And, um, and uh, after that, I ended up 
um, going back to university to work in a heritage program. So I pursued uh, almost 10 years of extra studies after that, working on the built environment, but in terms of um, documenting the, uh, the, the built heritage. So what I ended up figuring out after all these detours is that basically, yes, I'm, I'm interested in the feelings and the, the moments, the emotions, but I'm really deeply interested in what's what we what we left in the present for the future or what's left from the past created mm. in the present and passed on to the future that's the the idea of um the the built heritage and to mm. me like it's in the same it's in the same dryer in my brain mm -hmm. um, so when people some ask me now no, why so you went from studying built heritage to working with families so what's the point but to me it's 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 not the same, but it's it's from the same thread in in my brain, well, from my heart to my brain, and all around all, all around people and things. Mm -hmm. um, so that gives you an overview of um, the different directions I might be taking um, uh, in my uh, in my in my work. And um, but I ended up sorry. No, did you? Oh, no, sorry, I thought you said something. And um, but a few years ago. Even before I, I I started my business, I had this idea. I was pregnant, didn't know I was, but somehow I had this um, idea that came to my head. Um, I might get sen uh, sensitive, emotional while I'm speaking because my project is the project I'm starting is very sensitive, and I'm like that. I'm like an open, emotional book. And um, basically, that's it. Um, six years ago, when I was pregnant, I had this idea of um, I was thinking about 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 me, and I was thinking about some good good friends I have. I have three very close women women friends that have uh, that lost their mothers um, decades ago, um, and I didn't lose my mother too. And we all mm -hmm. went through that when we were in between teenagehood and uh, adulthood. So mm. I was 18, another friend was 17, the other one was 21, the other one 22. So we, and, and our mothers were 48, 49, they were really the same age. Mm. And at that moment I reflected back and I, and I thought, wow, I would like to go and um, ask my friends, you know, direct questions and discuss how, you know, this, this very, important or violent or uh, strong event changed the path of our lives but also how it constructed us and also to see what's left of uh, what our mothers did to us well with us or probably not this the, the right word in english but <laughs> the, french, the french way of saying it but um all that to say that i really wanted to go see my friends and i'm putting it this way because two of them are in europe mm. so having this idea meant or uh, like there's a bit of difficulty of being able to do this project because it's not just oh yeah i'm gonna take the phone or i'm, I'm gonna drive two hours and have this conversation with my friend no it's it was really something i started writing down ideas of what i would ask my friends the next time i would see them mm -hmm. i don't get to go there that often and um so i ended up with this yeah. all of the difficulties make it something more like a creative quest 
Yes, there you go. Yeah, it elevates it from a project merely to something that's going to be transformative for you creatively. And all of that is going to go into the beauty of the work. Absolutely. The travel, the time, the money, the investment, the investors. Yeah, and the, the care, you know, wanting to do things properly or in a way that you will have... Um, you will have something that you will be gathering. It's not just anecdotal that like you're just going to write something on the, on a piece of paper there. And just, you might take an old picture from an one, one time you use, I, I saw one of these girls a few years ago. No, not just that. Like I really wanted to do things on purpose. And uh, it basically took me years before I, uh, well, it didn't take me too long to talk about the project to my boyfriend, to, uh, uh, to talk about the, um, the, my, my burgeoning ideas or the the very basic uh thread of it but uh the, the thing is i got pregnant and i then i became a mom and then it, um i had written down a few ideas and they really uh grew in me and it really evolved and i allowed myself and things ended up this way of, uh, i ended up having you know time to just let things um evolve mm -hmm. and um to be able to see what was important to me and how you know how deep my curiosity could be or not be and at the same time i was living i was going through more and more uh rich life events you know being being a being a mom being a mom without a mom uh and then being a mom you know of a baby and then of a small child and then it, it basically took years before i i i i asked my friends if they wanted to join to join the project i guess a part of me was perhaps afraid that they might say no or uh and i was you know having this conversation with myself and it was already interesting or uh, rich and i uh, i kept writing down notes and what are some of the questions that come to your mind as you approach the project um well i already mentioned them i'm just sorry <laughs> say it again it sounds like you had a really long percolation phase several years where you had time to for all those questions to enter and grow in your mind have you made any of them concrete are there any particular questions that are arising as you think about it um the main ones i might even have said uh, in the last few minutes but um the the main questions i would say or the the yeah the titles or the subtitles version perhaps or sub questions are really about you know what it's like to become a a woman without having the model you know the the mom you know that that the woman uh, that that preceded you in your uh, in your family as a model um so being a woman without a mother um becoming a mother without a mother mm. and uh basically seeing uh or wondering what's left or, or how our mothers can or still live within us or uh, thanks to us in a way mm -hmm. um, because you know we uh, each of us were quite young so we didn't have the well we were not children but we were not women yet with a mature point of view about life or let alone motherhood or things like that so how many how many photographs do you have of your mother and how do they affect you in this process well you know what first i need to take a sip of water 
I was super happy to talk to you this week, actually, because my uh, my mother was the one taking the photos at home. Mm. She was the one with the camera. Typical. Mm -hmm. um, so it's typical. Can I read you something? This is yeah. relevant for what we just said. This is from uh, John Omni, who has uh, an Instagram account, or I found him through 35 millimeter motherhood. Yep. Um, he has a hashtag that he uses, romancing the family archive. He says, fiction is often, of course, the glue that binds the relationships within the family. And the family album is usually a maternal domain. The author of the fiction curated in the present from images of the past for presentation and projection into the future. Totally. And um, absolutely. <laughs> There's nothing more I could say. That was not perfect. I really loved that yes. idea. That it really is some, a somewhat exclusively maternal domain and there's yeah. elements of fiction and preservation and selection and curation that she's working with that tells the family story exclusively through her voice yeah and the creation is really something that i i'm i'm thinking about i started i got my sally men book and uh, the, the sally men uh, hold still you, you suggested me to, to check yeah. that out I, I just started uh reading it and just the intro was uh, already very uh, minor. Yeah. yeah, I have chills. It's so relevant for everything that yeah. we're talking about. It, it will. I'm, I'm very happy you suggested it. And um, but it got me thinking about the creation work because uh, it's, I want to answer your questions at the same time. Um, so yes, my well, I have pictures of my mother, but of course she was the one behind the camera. So um, mm -hmm. I know. Well, to me, she's inside the the, the photos. Like to me, yeah. I'm, I'm, as a photographer, I know how important the view of the person taking the picture acts as a presence uh, but still you know uh years later of course i'm i'm sorry i'm getting emotional but i'm i'm searching for her now and uh so she's in the albums but she's um she, the albums she um she gathered because she did curate you know I, I don't know when she took time to do that probably in the 90s or so she 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 built well built she she put together um, let's say two or three albums for me and same thing for my sister mm -hmm. i have a, an older sister mm -hmm. so we each have a set of albums where she took the time to take to put the rap well, what she thought was important question and for you was, was her death anticipated such that she made those albums with that not at all. so this, not this, at all. Just, this was just recreational hobby family storytelling she made these albums for you yeah i guess at one point she had you know a massive a critical mass of uh of yeah. things to, to work with and yeah. she's like okay, i have to do something um from the design of the albums i, I could say probably uh, uh, at the the end of the 80s or uh early mm -hmm. 90s okay. sorry some of the timing is a guess I want to yeah. share something with you as it, it it comes to my mind right now. I started to think about this idea of women photographers who take family photography and their it, the relationship to doing that with mother loss. Um, yeah. Because that is a core motivation in my practice, which I can tell you more about. And then I just met with a, a student um, whose motivation was the same where her mother passed away when she was four. There are no photographs. And as we discussed the motivation for her work, uh, you use the words, I'm searching for her. 
And that was her motivation as well. And it was also to be able to give photographs to her clients Absolutely. that she that she wished she had. And Absolutely. so that those themes of of mother loss and searching, um, I think are really, really relevant for the the female photographer that is taking photos of mothers. It seems to be a theme. I knew another person whose motivation sort of principally came from that route. And it's similar for myself. My dad's photo box is, was really influential in my love for the family photograph. But the very core root beginning seed of why I take family photos is has to do with this property that I lived in with my mom. And I take pictures of it. every. It's in New York. Every time I go back, I take pictures of it. And what that property represents for me, which was my access to her. Uh, after we moved from that property, I lost access to her because of various life difficulties. Mm -hmm. And so within the snow globe of that property and that time period, that was the time in which there was the warmth and the nurture and the the mama presence. And my photographs are, are a search for that and a reclamation of that. So I think it's it's really common and I would be interested to hear how common it is for, for those working in this genre. I think you, the fact of, well, the idea of being, the, of feeling a loss, uh, it, it gets me thinking about, let's say someone that could have lost everything through a fire has probably the same, well, could have the same, you know, vital urge of, mm -hmm. you know, this, this inner fire, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and uh, but it's totally true. Like, um, once I put my my project online uh, for people to to see what was in my head and all, I got a client that wrote to me and said, "Now I understand you more than ever. Like now I know I understand why you have this, you know, this tone voice and how you love to look at us this way." And I'm like, <gasps> but yeah, it's probably one of the most powerful thing, and and it's and it's done with such care for, with a very motherly care for others too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's but uh, my goodness, um, it's it's pure sensitivity. It's pure women womanhood or women women feeling and caring. And, and to me, like I'm very proud to have that in my in my work. Like some people would say, like I'm a photographer. Like I, I look at things in a technical way. Like. And I probably I think it's probably one of the things that draw me to your work too. You have such a, a uh, have a very strong brain. You know, I'm, I can be very um, non-organic and a very structured person. Hmm. Um, but to have access to free feelings and free emotions. Uh, while working, working with whatever, you know, a pencil or a camera, uh, uh, a brush, but the way you're using the camera uh, as a way to, to, to catch these emotions or illustrate uh, these emotions and, um, and, and moments is one of, or, sorry, what's this sentence? It, it's, <laughs> it's what really draw me to, draw me to, uh, to your work. Um, so yeah, freedom is a huge emotional freedom. I think is a huge component in my practice, both behind the behind the camera and what I seek to capture. I think freedom is a word that is so important to me across so many planes. Yeah, I think that the free, the freedom to express yourself is fundamental, and I want in my practice itself. I think one of my like 
you know, most profound contributions, if I if I can name one, really is just exp showing how I shoot on auto and I don't think about the machine and that I am not interested in numbers of any kind. And I think that they're irrelevant for me. And to me, none of that is faux pas and none of that is a secret. None of it needs to be hidden. And it's funny, the response that I get when I talk about that, because it is perceived as though I'm, you know, doing something that is transgressive, but for mm -hmm. me, dating or yeah, or that it's a, it's a, uh, uh, it signifies less professionalism or, or skill, which it doesn't. Um, I've just honed my particular skills to be always capitalizing on authentic motion, emotion, both mine and my subjects. And the, the former is really important because me being in that, that place of sensitivity and, and femininity and openness to perception. And I mean, I cry like on every shoot, probably like, you know, Annie Leibovitz has a, a great quote where she says, um, what you see in my images is that I wasn't afraid to love these people. Yeah. And I really relate to that. And I think it's, it's, it's so beautiful and important. And it's one of the chapters that I'm working on right now about masculine versus feminine approaches to photography. And I utilize both um, definitely. And when I was able to, to capture and utilize both simultaneously, my work really leveled up. Um, but I think my, my default is to come from that really emotional position and to be able to be super attuned to that emotional language that my subjects are speaking, to be able to press the shutter at that decisive moment where the authentic emotion is coming out and creating a container for people to experience that in mm -hmm. front of me, which yeah. is a difficult thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not easy, but that's what you want in documentary photography. And it's absolutely what I see in your work as well. I love, I love to hear this sort of tension or you may experience it as a tension between being cerebral and being structured and being technical having the background that you do i'm self-taught i never thought it was important other people thought it was important to learn all these things not me <laughs> i thought you know i'm not learning any kind of technical skill beyond what i need to i'm learning a verse for sure i don't like the learning process i like the exploration process i don't want to gather facts and information i want to do things and see what happens i want to press buttons and see what occurs and then understand how to replicate that over and over. So that's my practice is focused on that. So yeah, there's two, two elements there and I'm glad that that comes through. I'm glad that you're able to see that. I think that capturing that kind of emotional freedom goes back to that, that property and how I felt there of rollerblading inside and having ice cream for dinner and watching 101 Dalmatians 80 times in a row because my mom was a single mom and she was a waitress and she was like, sure, you want to watch it again? Do you want to have VCR and just have at it? Just hold your hamster and watch that thing all day. Like there was a, it was a really permissive environment and it was really sun drenched, um, permissive, open, exploratory sort of environment and searching for that replicating that and and it, having any attempt to reclaim that for myself and for um, my subjects is really it's that's it's a search for for my mom yeah and it's a gift from her you're right So tell me what your action steps are how far along are you in the process um you just stopped crowdfunding um what do you where are you going from here um actually this project i wanted to start two years ago in 2020 
Mm. And uh, I started um, putting, you know, the first steps or writing a first, um, answering to first open call, you know, for a gallery and things like that. So I started, you know, um, putting my thoughts together in a understandable way for another person and for uh, especially for people in the arts, you know, bubble, so they could understand the the potential or yeah, understand my ideas. Mm-hmm. And so that was two years ago, and uh, well, 2020, you know, it happened, and uh, almost nothing moved from there. I okay. I I ended up, you know, put, project projecting in my calendar, you know, going to Europe in the spring 2020, and then I started putting dates again in 2021. And then very soon I realized it wasn't going to be possible because of all the travel restrictions and um, mm. it, it was very complicated. And I was not ready and uh, my business was still very young two years ago. So I was not solid enough in all um, aspects of, um, of this. And um, but with time um what got me into the project even though the timing didn't seem to be perfect at all was that i was getting close uh, closer and closer to very temporal um very strong temporal uh events um i'm by this i mean that well what that is is that uh, my i lost my mother was when i was 18 and when i was 36 <laughs> you know i had i well that was last winter and um last not last winter the the well winter to 2021 was when um well we felt celebrated our the 18th anniversary of my mother's death so i i really wanted to be f- in in my first projections of um, my first timeline, I was done with the project or almost done by then. But then I was in 2021 with nothing done. And this <laughs> day was coming and it was like, I got to do something. And yes. at the beginning, I really wanted to be the the, the camera and the microphone because I'll be doing some uh, video also. But I really wanted to be the person behind the project going towards my friends and having them share their uh, their experience. But then I there I was last well last year with my ideas and with this timing and I and I realized how precious that was, and I just felt the urge of documenting what I was going through. So I ended up working on myself with myself, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time creating a bit of visual, you know, just working on what I, I thought I wanted for when I will be with my with my friends. So I, I you know, the tripod out <laughs> and I started taking pictures, filming and um, doing research, you know, um, working on storyboards and things like that, just to have my ideas flowing because they were flowing. It was a very inspiring time. And it was the kind of time when you, if you don't take a step back on these kinds of uh anniversaries or mm-hmm. i don't you'll never do it mm-hmm. and it was low season and everything felt perfectly so i did a bit of work at that time and um and a few months later but but still it was not the right timing to to make the other steps and go see my friends right. so in the fall so last fall it was another important moment when precisely i was it was i in mid-September 2021, I was 
um, it was the time when I had lived more days or more time without a mom than with a mom in my life. It was this turning point. And so there again, I was with my, my, my own experience and I did hmm. uh, choose a week where I was taking no contracts or nothing. And I went back to, um, um, I took a year, uh, a week off uh, to, to, to create in a, what, what do you call that? A residence, a residency uh, mm -hmm. for artists. So I took a few days there. So each time I took just a few days was so helpful to, uh, to just get out of the, get out of the house. Like my office is in my house. Like I really need to take some time when I'm just working on the project. Uh, so bits and pieces here and there. And, um, uh, a few months later, I really wanted to create, to work on a big, big grocery, um, um, how do you say that? I wanted to ask for a grant. So I really to really need to build my grant. How do you call that? Proposal. Proposal, there you go. And uh, I really needed to take time off to uh, to put all all my ideas together and and ask for uh, for help from from other people tell me write, rewrite, re reread and sure um, get my ideas clear so i did work a lot on that and then uh, that's really when i did work on my calendar my official calendar and that's when i finally got to talk to one of the um, the orphelin well orphelin means orphan girls really like in french we have this wonderful way of seeing <laughs> you have a feminine or masculine for words so orphelin is really uh orphan girl mm -hmm. so that's the name of the project the orphan girls and so I, it, 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 it was, uh, it had been months and months. Well, basically it had been years since I had talked with this, uh, this friend from uh, that's in France. And we, uh, in January, we, 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 we prepared a, a meeting, a video conference like this. And, uh, uh, first thing I saw when, um, when the camera went on is that she had short hair now. Wow. That's so cute. She <laughs> Hair, you know, down to her, to her and now wow she was so cute with her short hair so like that's wonderful you have such short hair now and she said yes i have cancer mm. so uh my friend in france um who i'm actually doing the project for got cancer mm. so she's doing fine now but she's got a very um aggressive kind of breast cancer mm -hmm. uh and the kind of breast cancer that goes you know from mom to daughter to mom and forever you know it's uh yes. her her grandmother died from that and uh and she said well i'm doing great now but you know who knows so i really at that moment when i when i got this conversation with her i said you know what whatever happens this project i will be pursuing her doing this year no matter what happens mm -hmm. um and uh so that's really when I, I i i decided that nothing could have me change my mind and that i would find a way even if it, that meant that if, even if i was not getting this grant i applied for which i didn't in the end actually i learned that recently but still i i i had put the the crowdfunding campaign online and everything and everything went well enough to allow me to do the project 
Mm. Um, so that was last winter. And here we are in the early spring. Um, my, my schedule is almost ready for my trip to Europe because I really had to go to Europe. So my, I got my plane ticket. I'm leaving on, on in early May. Okay. For three weeks by myself, you know, leaving the, the child here with, with daddy. And uh, I've never done that. Uh, leaving for such a long period of time, but really, like the idea is to connect with, well, something very important in my life and in other people's lives and being really in total immersion and being yeah. able to, to, to take or give everything that's available at that moment, but being able to sacralize, you know, this, mm -hmm. this, uh, this moment, mm. um, to be able to create something. Question, what is the ultimate form of the, the project? I wanna know, it's photographs, obviously. Yeah. You're thinking about galleries. To what extent is filming the process involved? To what extent is writing involved? Tell me about the form that it will eventually take or your ideas on it presently. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a, it's a fantastic question, of course, um, you, you have, some of the uh, answers already but yeah i'm a photographer first thing i first thing i had in mind when i thought about you know the these first ideas was that i wanted to illustrate feelings and thoughts and places you know through photography mm -hmm. um, over the last few years i started playing with video mm -hmm. thanks to good dslr <laughs> cameras with fantastic video features like wow they're yeah. amazing tools. So I I started making some uh, short family videos, but I still not a service I'm I'm offering. Mm. But I, I did work a little bit to get you know skills and um, to, to to see how my sensitivity and my my skills could meet you know with uh, with this um, this tool. And soon enough, I decided that I would be adding video to this um, just but not just adding but I really realized that video would be a wonderful way to catch moments emotions and mm. ideas you know just being able to have a bit of movement or adding sound um, or using sound so there was so of course, I would love my work to be uh, exposed in a gallery, and and then there would be there would be a, a selection of images and projections. Mm. Of course, I don't know how many. I don't know, but of course, I will have so much material to work from. So, uh, well, the video is also giving you another tool whereby to express your experience as the seer of this project. Yeah, so, absolutely. as you, the the photographs are stills, and they're showing. <clears throat> what you see, um, I think the video is expressing what is even more intimate about the project, which is your your experience of it. I think it's a perfect fit. I can't I can't wait. I, I can't wait too. Yeah. And uh, and just being able to have uh, to take a moment and have interviews where I hear my okay. my friends, you know, talking to me and um, <clears throat> just just as we're having this conversation now that's recorded, you know, we don't have to just get down notes and being very stressed about quoting properly. And uh, so sure. being able to have this record of conversations with my friends and 
and and actually my friends are all francophones like but we all have one uh, well i'm here in montreal and um one of the other orphan girls is in montreal too mm. but one is in france and one one is in uh, belgium but we're all french speakers but we all have well me and my friend here in Quebec, we have the same accent, more or less, but the other ones have their own way of expressing themselves, their own intonations and all. And it's and it speaks so much about who they are and how they are and what their heritage is, you know. So it, to me, it was just evident that video would be a wonderful mm-hmm. tool or a wonderful way to uh, mm-hmm. to have that for the record, but also to to be able to use. So I'll be filming interviews. We're gonna go uh, in um, significant places, that being in, in in the cities or in front of landscapes or whatever. And I'll be filming and uh, recording sounds on top of taking pictures. Will you, will you have any? Will you visit their mothers' graves? Will you go through photographs? Will you? Yes. What, what are some of the things that you intend to do with them? Um, going to visit their grave uh will well will 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 take place uh, if it's relevant i know one of them uh, it's going for one of them it's going to be relevant for the others i don't know yet um um but i'll basically be adjusting you know i'm i'm asking each of them what's important to them so i'm not just like oh yeah i'm going to compare all of our graves you know um sure I, I did go last winter on my on my mother's grave, something I, I never do, but yes, I never do it, but now I'm gonna do it. And I and I wrote why I, I and I, I took the time to write why I don't do it and why I would do it and why I did it, you know. Uh, so writing is also a wonderful way to um, to to think about what we do and what's important. And uh, so, yes, going to um, some places like Mother's Graves or um, Childhood House, mm. uh, revisit, you know, because uh, most of us don't live, yeah, do we still, I'm wondering. I don't have all the answers yet, and my my the planning is not is not finished with all of them. But yes, going through what we have in terms of objects, photos, like all the physical souvenirs. But uh, of course, I'm really interested to see uh, if they have uh, photos of archives, what it is, or what photos they're displaying in their their apartments and their houses. Um, and uh, I know we have very, a very different, I know already that we have a very different physical heritage that was uh, given to us from our, our moms. I know that one of them, it fits in a box. And to me, I know I have boxes and boxes of negative, you know, um, envelopes. So it's, it's, it's really unbalanced, uneven. Um, but that in itself will, will be an interesting thing to, um, mm-hmm. to look at or look back from i feel like that's a um a primary motivator for me in in all of the family pictures that i take of of my children is this being their inheritance like i late at night i I go through mental drills of that if the house is on fire how and in what in what specific order i would grab each and i'm like okay 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 and you know i'm sitting there like i feel you 
giving myself this mental security that I would first go this and I get this bag to be able to get this album, this hard drive, this box, this, that, oh, to goodness. be able to preserve the box of negatives. That's You're not I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I go through like my, the anxiety rises and then I make, I make a plan and then I, okay, okay. But you know, and then this and this, I have to, I've got to mentally prepare for the loss of potential loss of all of it. And I have all sorts of backup systems and schemes to try to keep everything. But yeah. I really feel like it's my only protection against death when I think about my children and if that if I were to be separated from them um through death or illness or loss or the inability to communicate or anything any kind of horror you, or tragedy you could imagine I think and it comforts me to think you know I have this physical archive for them that tells the story of their life and it, it tells the story of my love for them mm -hmm. it's the most important thing that I have and that I do people sometimes I think you had asked me recently like you're, there's so much you you're working so much you're so much time um behind the screen do you ever tire of it and i was like nope not really i just don't really do anything else you know like everything else is chaotic and mediocre and failing and you know any kind of like i'm not you know not on the pta never will be like the parent teacher association <laughs> i'm i'm not gonna you know we, we can we, we can barely get there on time but the photos are being made and and happening and i feel like that's like my number one goal it's so it's so important. I mean, I'm thinking about them being adults and participating in a project like this and imagining them having this as their their artifact from our life together, whether it's in a box or it needs a whole storage unit. Which yeah. is probably and and they, it, it's it's getting me closer. Well, uh, what you mentioned had me thinking about the the fact that you know uh, when we're taking so much photos it's hard to keep everything in order or well when you're working with digital it's easier you can just rename let's say you can rename everything you take with digital when when you import them they can all be uh the date can be written in the name of the file so when you print them the the, the they're already already dated you know that's what i do with my digital work but yeah. and when you're working with film uh you need to have uh a way to Add some information if you if you want to. It really has to be an active step. Sure. Uh, so how do you do you do you? Uh, I know you're stamping uh, with dates, yep. but how far do you go with the that organization or that information linked to the photos or not? Well, I love I love a decontextualized photograph. I, I love a photograph with no information, like my father's photographs. When I look at them, I have no idea where they were taken, what year they were taken. They exist in some sort of some sort of cosmic universe of his life that I kind of like the lack of information about because it increases the, the romance, my experience of the romance of the photograph. But for me, my process is extremely chaotic. It's just photos everywhere, wherever, however. So I'll date stamp them some of the time. And I have boxes that are yearly, for example. But it's I'm not strict with it. Like I have a 2022 box and it's just got some stuff from 2022. And then if you open like any photo box that I have, it's, you know, there was some sort of like interval in which I was feeling organized. And so I yeah. organized them and such. And then there's just other photos crammed on and other things put in there and other ephemera and other tickets and you know things and like polaroids and drawings and stuff like that so i really don't uh, have the motivation to include information with my photographs really it, the year is as far as i get sometimes when i do my print order this is as far as i'll get i do a print a large print order at the end of the year 
and it allows you to write a caption on the back that's on every single photo and it could be long so i always kind of write like an entry of some kind so that on the back it says this is the year this is our address this is where we're living maybe a poem or a word or you know something oh, wow. that i want to keep on there and it digitally prints it on the back but i think like my children when they go through everything when i'm long gone and their grandchildren are, are going through it they're they're just gonna see a, a person that was prolific but extremely disorganized <laughs> well it's uh, what you just said in the same sentence is interesting like being prolific is often goes with being chaotic i mean you cannot just being prolific and well ordered it, it, it would take all your time yeah i've never had any sort of value on being well ordered with it it's always felt like a hindrance for me and i had that desire just like everyone wants a clean organized home or something like that but the extent to which you put it into practice is going to be dependent upon your tolerance level for disorder And I think as far as photos go, family archiving, taking pictures, I just have too many goddamn cameras. I'm always having film in like 15 different cameras. And so they're always do like each roll this, that, Polaroids, you know, like I am always probably honestly always shooting like about 15 cameras at once. Because I just pick one up, whatever I'm feeling, whatever, whatever feels right, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. Whatever fits, like if I'm traveling, need something small, or if we're going, you know, hiking, Richie's going to be there, he can carry the backpack, then I'm bringing everything, you yeah. know. So yeah, I have no method whatsoever. Like my, there's no order, there's no method, there's no intent to preserve information. It's it's really the intent to preserve emotional information. That's really, for me, the, the photograph itself has an, enough sort of like emotional data within it to feel like I'm capturing reality without having to pin it down to any kind of date process. Like <clears throat> sometimes I'll write um, captions on the back. So like I'll print my photos through Artifact Uprising, especially for like a trip, you know, if we take a vacation or something like that, I'll sit down with those photos and their paper so I can write a caption on the back. Because I really like that about my mom's photos. She would be like, you know, I have a photo um, from her that is like two days after I'm born. And it says, Anastasia, my sweet baby girl. And it says the date and it's her handwriting on the back. And it's like, you know, that that part of the photograph is it's my favorite, my favorite part of of the, the entire album. And I look at it all the time. It's the back of the photo. It's the back of the photo. Yeah. yeah. Like I have this is my grandmother. Oh, yeah. And she this is like some project I did to put this on the scanner for like a post. And it's yeah, remember seeing this. Yeah, I like to do this. I like to put them on the scanner and this feeling of them being collaged together i think accurately represents how it feels to have this generational connection between all these women this is my mom and then my grandma and her mom um so it says me at our apartment december 52 and then it says 1038 north madison in oh, her gosh. handwriting so i really do like the handwritten um element so i'll include that and it's it's really only when i'm feeling you know inspired to do so and motivated sufficiently i feel like you know i have two kids and life is insane and so i'm always i'm trying to find that handwritten one um i always have a million things going on and client work and business oh here we go ah so you flipped it yes this is the photo you know now this is the photo anastasia my sweet baby girl two days old may 7th 1988. so she was 30 when she wrote this she's wow. 
she was she's not my mother of, of today and my mother of my adolescence. Mm-hmm. She was um, you know, brand new mother with little baby me and she bought the film and put it in the camera and wound it and took the picture got it developed picked it up you know brought it home turned it over wrote these words on the back and saved this this photo and there's such an immense feeling of connection me to her when i see those pictures and both of my parents valued family photography and I feel like there was the experienced them both as remote and yet through the, the photographs it felt like my connection to them. And it was an expression of value. We take pictures of what we value. And so for me to be photographed by my mom and then separately, my parents were divorced when I was really young to be photographed by my dad. Um, to me, it, it, it was so automatically um, an expression of love when I was so young I loved being in front of the camera just because it was their their direct attention right. and them saying we want to we want to memorialize preserve this this moment of you you know with your cabbage patch doll like <laughs> you know at least my dad would shoot Polaroids of us at the diner I have like 800 pictures of us in front of yeah him. you said Polaroid was your dad's thing right yeah, well and he would always um take pictures of us in front of his car that that was like the pop uh-huh spot you know like my dad is a truck driver and so there's all these pictures of us in front of the truck in front of the cars like these little girls you know in front of this semi and um in front of his vehicle because that was just these pictures are easy to date how he chose to do um i believe the bucket hats tell us uh this is a precise mid-90s blossom inspired outfit awesome um yeah, so these these ones, <laughs> this is meta. Um, this is us holding photographs of, uh, you know, a Polaroid of us holding Polaroids. Wow. Uh, also in front of the car, also at yeah. the diner. Um, that was where I was raised, was the Parkway Diner in Monroe. It holds so many memories at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm like, I'm so on, on a sh- like unabashedly sentimental. Like I was just in New York and what I you know chose to do with my time was have Rich drive me around so that I could take pictures of all these spots again. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, having us drive and I want to capture them on film through my eyes now because yeah, yeah. I, I see them incrementally and I can revisit the same spots in the diner and the lake where we swam and the park where we played and the house where we were. And all of that to me is like the lifeblood of my business and my process and my products. They're really seeking to um be able to bring a person back to to that particular moment of joy and there's really that 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 uh they're transportive back back to that place of familial happiness like have you seen the movie ratatouille children's movie ratatouille no it's an animated film highly recommends children's movie and uh there's this critic and he's very severe and he is very difficult to please and he criticizes everyone and then in the film the chef who's the main character makes this classic ratatouille that and he takes one bite and it zooms through his eyes and he's a little boy in his kitchen and his mom made the ratatouille in just that way and he takes the bite of it and it transports him back to this completely pure 
uh, childhood moment of familial care and nurture. And then it zooms back out and he says like, oh, you know, he finally approves of something. This critic who hates everything finally says, yes, this restaurant, you know, this dish succeeds and no one knows but him that this is a, this is the transportive moment back to his family home. So I feel like that's what photography is for me. I, I've never been interested in concepts merely like just being an artist. I ran an art gallery, like just showing work and having people come through. That experience isn't as interesting to me as being able to provide someone with this physical artifact that makes them feel how I just felt looking at this. This feeling, this body language of, ah, oh, the diner, you know, of having this experience where um, everything else is lifted and it, it's, 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 you, you become submerged in the goodness of, of that memory. And really it's untouched. This photographs don't capture death and loss and divorce and tensions and fighting. They, you know, of course a photograph could explore those things or capture those things, or you may know the story of behind them, but the photograph itself is this pure artifact mm -hmm. that is really in, in some cases telling a lie in the sense that it's mm -hmm. a sliver. And I'm so interested in that idea. I really am. I think it's beautiful. Like some people would make a critique of that to say, you know, photographs are like, don't tell the whole story. And that's a criticism. But I think it's beautiful the way in which they don't tell the whole story. You know, it's something important about celebrating other human beings and the way that photographs are used at funerals and the stories that are told at funerals. And they're, those stories are really connected to the photographs and the photographs are capturing the, the extreme high point. Family photographs are often capturing the extreme high point. That's what they're often known for. And I, I love that about the genre. I did you, um, I was wondering while you showed us your, um, while you showed me your albums, what did your mother and what did your father do with uh, the pictures they took? I took so you, you have a few albums, you, you took them all. So I've been, you know, started launching my plan when I was really young. Of, I would ask incrementally if I could have them and keep them. And my, my father wasn't ready to surrender them. And then I made, I made my move last summer. Um, because he was having, uh, he was moving and he's from Greece. So he spends most of his time in Greece and then he comes back and, you know, so he's not holding on to these, well, he was, but I mean, dad, that's a lot, that's a lot of, you know, travel for the photographs and you, we want to be able to keep them safe. You know, I had like this whole argument, you know, and I could tell he was kind of looking at me like, yeah, okay. The time has come. Like, and I was like, why don't we just, I was like, why don't you, you, you take some and I'll, I'll take some. You know, and I was like, be safe with me. <laughs> I took all of them. And I was like, I'm going to keep these really safe. You know, like it was, it was, it was a, a, a delicate transfer because they're important to him. I, I, I would say that they were, you know, one of his most important possessions. My mom was super generous with it. She didn't have attachment to it. She, she loved taking pictures, but didn't feel like she wanted to keep them. She wanted to give them to us. She took them for us. And yeah. this album that I have is a lot of her childhood as well. So I keep, hmm. oh, look at this one. This is sweet. You see that one? Oh, my mom well. and I My goodness, that's a beautiful photo. Blondies, blondies. Um, so like these are a lot of her childhood as well. My my parents' wedding. Um, wow. So neither of them really wanted those. And I was like, they're mine. Somebody, none of them wants to keep uh, these yeah. photos. 
they they weren't as aggressive as I was. They knew I think that I really wanted them, so they finally surrendered them over the last five years. Yeah. And I'm very very happy to have them. I love to share them with my kids too, because it tells the story of of their lives. And my dad's photo box was, you know, the deepest point of access that I ever had to him. Are we? I don't speak Greek, and we have a. He speaks. He understands English much better than he can speak it. And I don't know that he was necessarily motivated to speak to his two young daughters. He had us when he was 45 and my dad is an old Greek where, you know, there's the cult, a cultural style of relating that it doesn't have that type of conversation with your children. We eat together. That's what we do. doesn't have the skills or. Uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a segregated culture, male, female, you know, female world is over here and the male world is over here. And, you know, my sister and I were at the diner, you know, playing tic-tac-toe and speaking in pig, in pig Latin. And my dad was over in the corner talking with the men. And so I always in Greek. And so my experience of him was looking at him and wondering, wondering what he thought, felt, liked, mm. wondering what he was saying, wondering what he, um, what his experiences were. And the photos were the thing that, that really gave me that. I loved them. I mean, my, when I discovered them, I felt like I was found a million dollars in cash under the bed. It was an amazing experience for me. And for him, he was just, I was like, daddy, you look, you went to the white house, you know, like I was like demanding, you know, the story for each of these, like, and it was the, the photos were actually the photos with a glass of wine can really get him to talk about his life. Whereas just cold, cold calling my dad of just, Hey, what was, where was this taken? You know, yeah, there's, there's not going to be an access point there. Um, but the photographs both visually, they gave that to me. And then as I got older and was able to kind of talk to him more and I record everything when we talk, I I was wondering because you said you love, you're, you're able to appreciate, uh, well, that's not how you said it, but like a silent, um, mysterious, photograph but uh mm -hmm. still you're curious to know the story behind for sure for sure oh yeah i think each of those photographs all all of them like just bring it feels like i'm in the you know at the mouth of a mine like what's in there you know like mm -hmm. and my dad is it's funny like let me take some of these out like He's a very few words. He won't necessarily tell the story, but like these images are so, let's see how focused it can be. They're yeah. so rich. And I, I'm definitely always interested to, to hear what's going on. And I'll, you know, ask him like, what are these, you know, what are, where, where are you? Like, who is, and he'll be like, where, what, where, where? Yeah. And he'll be like, this Chris. And I'm like, who's Chris? You know, like he expects that I know just like being his daughter. Um, and some of the most precious ones that I have are of him when he was a little boy, which is really fascinating. This is the oldest one that I have. My dad was born in 43 and he looks two maybe here. Yeah, probably. And the little like saltwater sandals. Yeah. Um, I, and the furrowed brow. And then, oh, it says 46. There you go. So yeah, I definitely love captions on the back. And uh, um, did your father write anything behind the photos or? Not to my awareness. No, there, I haven't 
some of it looks like there's maybe some scribbles. One of the great mysteries of my dad's photo box is who took all these pictures? And I realized that the common denominator was that my dad liked pictures of himself because there wasn't a photographer following him around asking him if he, he could, you know, if just taking what these, you know, kind of iconic pictures of him combing his hair in a suit. Like my dad liked to see himself like that. He wanted pictures of himself. And some of them, like I'll post or, you know, bring up and my mom will be like, oh, I remember that. And I'm like, you took that? Like, oh. and I realized I'm like, that's weird because you've never met. So that's weird because I've only seen them in the same room once. So it's fascinating to me how many pictures my mom was the author of. Yeah. But all those all those stories are kind of buried in their, you know, stoic uh, commitment to forget the past. So it's an annoyance when I try to bring any any of that up. Um, it's difficult to get information, and I kind of like the mystery of it as well. How do you? Uh, that was one of well, one of the questions I had before we uh, we talk um, was the the dilemma of well, it was more about what we do with the archive material that we we have at hand like the dilemma between giving explanation or leaving uh, mystery, you know, very few or not even not, no explanation to um, the spectator. What do you sure. think of that? Like, I know, I know a bit of what you think for yourself in front of the, the archives, but in, yeah. in terms of uh, the spectator that could be interested in your work. Oh, an audience member? Like, yeah. a, like a, on Instagram? Yeah, or like I'm. I was thinking about this, like for my project, for instance. Instance, like I, I, I'm, I'm soon to, uh, to dive into my my mom's photo box, and mm. uh, I, I know I will find things, but I'm, I'm really wondering what I'm gonna do with that. You know, will I be sure. just scanning? Will I be holding photos in my hands? Will I be like sure. it? it well, the true story, the true story that you have, the true and compelling story that you have to tell about it is how you feel. Mm -hmm. I think that my Instagram and the work that I do is really a documenting of my feelings. I think that information, concrete information, feel it like pl places and years and the story of the person, it's impossible to adequately describe a person you're you're describing what they meant to you you're describing the the side of them that you know um you know something just came to mind of a family member that's close to me and has a very interesting life and the person that i know when we sit on the porch and have a drink and talk and how i would describe that person versus who that family member is in another country when they go to a completely different place and how they're known there. Um, my photographs are always about my, really they're always about my feelings about the subject. And I think that, that I've always felt empowered to speak from that voice. I've never mm -hmm. felt like family photographers often use language and I use it too, of like, I'm telling your story. Mm -hmm. And it's documentary and your project reflects this, but simultaneous to that more intimately than that and more immediately and accessibly known is your experience of them. 
And I've always found that really fascinating as a photographer, because you're in that position of, I am the looker through the lens. And that experience to me is the caption, is the information. Um, so mm -hmm. I love a, I love a good dilemma. There's, there's so many of them in photography and sharing and how we share now and how we shoot now. And I, I think, you know, thinking about um, like dilemmas around the creative process and photography is something that takes up a lot of my mental space. I enjoy it. I, I don't feel that any of it needs to be resolved. It just all feels like fascinating, controversial uh, tensions that I may flexibly move throughout. You know, one year I may feel very committed to this and another year I may feel that this is important. And I kind of free myself to be kind of shape-shifting when it comes to that. Even when I teach now, I tell them I reserve the right to change my mind. I may be wrong about everything. And always preserve your your lived contrast everything that i say with your lived experience because that is ultimately what your work is going to come from it's not going to come from me expressing giving you information it's me telling you of my experience and you you needing to percolate that and filter that through what's true in your body and your experience so in terms of that dilemma I never really think about it. I, I don't think that when it comes to taking a picture or sharing a picture, I don't put any standard on it other than my feelings. That's what I do. Like I share it. I never feel that anyone is owed to know more or less. I think knowing less is interesting in terms of my audience. I'm, I'm interested in the interplay between uh, being hidden and revealing. And I have various ways that I play and flirt with that line because I'm not interested in telling all. If I was interested in telling all, I would like, I don't know. Be it would be just a never ending description. Yeah, and I think that, um, I think that we work in images because we're doing something that's sub description. We're doing something that's intuitive. We're doing something that hits you when you see the image. So I'm mm -hmm. interested in the language of images and symbols visually representing themes that connect to the viewer like this ah, and they bring them somewhere but simultaneous to that i write and i've always been a writer and so i'm always exploring ways to incorporate that and i basically just do it when i feel like it and some years i really feel like it and right now i'm working on a book and that's feeling like the the unveiled place that's feeling like the place of information and the, the philosophical focus and a, a space that's not necessarily veiled, but I, I love the veil that photography, I love all the veiled aspects of photography and especially family photography. Um, it's, it's sexy and interesting to me to not know. I love looking at a picture of my dad and creating the story out of it. It's, it's yeah. fanciful. It's childlike to me. And that's certainly what I did as a child, you know, like, you know, my cousins will like give me shit and be like, you know, your dad is just a truck driver from New Jersey. And I'm like, he is. Who knows? You know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I love, yeah, yeah. No, I love that idea, and I love, I love the idea of importing more romance into something that maybe, it, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't there, maybe it was fleetingly, and even, um, yeah, I'm pretty, pretty unabashedly nostalgic as well. Like all that goes together to me, being emotional and nostalgic and sentimental and photographs to me are this ultimate expression of of sentiment and people have always um you know i'm attracted to more realist personalities in my life my partner mm -hmm. my 
friend. My sister was more realistic. I just posted about the girls who are like this. My children are exactly like this, where the younger one is just like stardust and dreams and rainbows and unicorns. And the oldest one is like, we are citizens. We must meet our obligations. You're the younger one too? Yeah, my younger is that way. And I'm that okay, way. Okay, you're the oldest. No, I'm the younger. Oh, you're the younger. Perfect. Again, yeah, you're I'm younger. The, I'm the dreamer. Yeah, I'm the dreamer who's late to Christmas. So all of that to me comes out in my work of an, uh, I, I kind of am like proudly, I proudly disregard the idea of fact and information and, and truth. It's something that doesn't feel relevant to me. What What feels relevant to me is this kind of like moment of ecstasy, whether it was a fraction of a second or not. And I'm very interested in it. And it is profoundly real to me. It's as real as a, as a dream is real. It, it occurred and it's expressing something of your desire. Like the picture that I took recently, love this one so much. Vogue meets the photo Vogue. I'm, I'm, I've been submitting this picture to photo Vogue. I'm like, I, this is the one that I want to see the Vogue logo, logo on. I just think it would be the right fit. Um, and what is it? The little girl in the in the grass. And it's it's hard sun, it's hard light, and she's laying down in the grass smiling. And I can't make a better picture than that. That's the picture that I want to be creating all the time. And it's a timeless picture. It really has nothing to do with the reality of the moment. It doesn't include the fact that it was hot or, you know, any, 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 you know. It's Almost like, a location and it really doesn't Yeah, it's really like um fantasy so it's interesting for me to work in family photography and then also have such a relationship to the idea of fantasy and i'm not mm -hmm. very interested in like this idea of physical truth i'm very interested in the idea of emotional truth and even even emotional lies i had a client who we took these photographs and it was so profoundly beautiful the way their body language was but there was there was pain between them they ended up separating and these photos are the last pictures that they have together and the children will be these are the last pictures of their parents together and what do you see in the photos they they take there it's an ex, complete extrapolation it wasn't the reality they're they're separating um but in this photo they're suspended in a beautiful moment of eros and togetherness that was real emotionally even though it wasn't in the rugged rigid actual timeline of the relationship the symbol was extrapolated from their actual reality and i think that that's really powerful to kind of tell this emotional story of our lives back to ourselves not necessarily the chronological story mm -hmm. And it's a it's a it's a gift, or it's very interesting to be able to look at, well, strangers or clients, mm -hmm. and being able to give this back to them. Mm -hmm. You probably That's get this comment of sometimes from clients where they they say that like you saw us better than we could have seen ourselves. Yeah, and it's that's also why it's so precious to have a photographer come and take pictures because first you're in the picture, <laughs> like everybody is on the picture, and someone has a, a perspective on the whole dynamic, or even if it becomes fantasy, or uh, in, in in your head as a creator or as an artist, or even if it's if you tend to have a more real 
we are a realistic point of view. But just to have this um, this step back and this observer, <laughs> this witness. Absolutely. And for me, ultimately, that was the reach that I wanted to have because I was at a I was at a, a, a four several years ago. I don't remember when when I thought, OK, you know, I can really go into making every single image, the most beautiful, visually stunning image mm -hmm. and make art and go into galleries and make photo books and be able to, you know, put this kind of like Sally Mann level of rigor to my work that my photographs, each one is a self-contained universe. And I have several images that are like this and they're very universally loved. People love them. They respond to them. They're very emotional. But I understood the limitation of the reach with photographs like that, where what I would experience was an audience that was going to be broad because I was going to be famous, obviously. <laughs> In my mind, they, this was, you know, one of one, one of few options. So there would be, you know, this reach that was very broad that might have included many people, thousands, whatever. But the experience, the depth of the experience was going to be like this. The depth of the experience was going to be shallow, where they had this hit of emotion, whether they saw it on Instagram or in a gallery in a book. It might affect them permanently. I have images that affect me permanently, but probably not. It's probably this moment of uplift for them, but they're removed from me, they're removed from the subject. I wanted the opposite of that. I wanted a, a viewership on my images, eyes on my images that were in relationship to me and they were in relationship to the subject. Mm -hmm. So I knew that the viewer experience, whether that's my audience on Instagram, they know me, what I've chosen to express and they have access to this thing that is, you know, an avatar of me. And they connect with that through the images. So it's deeper than just an image. I like the idea that they know me and it's not anonymous. And then creating images for a family, that's an endless depth in terms of a viewer looking at that image. You have the family itself looking at it today, those children looking at images of themselves and how much their parents love them, their children looking at their parents as adults or, you know, when, once the children are grown. So this idea of a generational impact became really important to me and so much more vital, use that word, mm -hmm. so much more vital, interesting, compelling, motivating than the, the impact or reach that I felt any kind of art image could have that I would make. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to I wanted to give people that transportation. I wanted to build products that multiplied that exponentially through the generations. It wasn't just a singular viewer. I wanted it to be able to have this, like the Ratatouille moment. I want to be able for the person to be hit with the image. And that's only going to happen when it's an image of them and their loved ones. Nothing hits you more than an image of your child. And then the way that it hits you year by year as they grow up. I mean, I spend so much time going through my old photos and then I just get lost. I just neglect everything. And like, you know, people are calling. I don't even know. And I'm just like over my photo box, just like looking, you know, at Vivian, looking when they were babies, looking at this and being able to give people um, that experience. You lose time. 
and I, I that felt so much more healing and yeah. and um like good it felt like a human good i wanted to do create products that had a service element mm -hmm. that had an altruistic element and just making beautiful images didn't appear mm -hmm. to have that for me they were too um the reach was too broad and so even now like i'm so happy with where my Instagram is, with where my client base is. I like to have this small, deep reach. I don't want, I mean, it would be fine. Any amount of viewership would be fine, but I don't reach for the, any kind of big number or something. It's not something that I pay attention to. What I am looking for is the depth of the response and the depth comes through the comment. Not in the, D, the comment and the DM are the things that I, I get addicted to want, like, love, and encourage me, not likes and not follows. That's a shallow tap. It can be undone. To me, the relationship in terms of posting and Instagram and sharing and the audience viewership is, is you and I. Look at where we are now and our stories are becoming interwoven where my investment in your project is, I. it's going to be one of the things that I'm watching. It's going to be one of my mental creative priorities to know this project. That's what I look for and what I build. I really am so much more interested in the creative, the depth of creative friendship in a genuine connection with other human beings, the, the connections that I get with, with clients and the photos are the entry point for that. The photos and Instagram specifically have been entry point into such a depth of connection with other human beings. Like, I can't imagine the last 10 years of my life, if we look at every relationally valuable experience that I've had, I have been in big communities. I have my family, I have my partner, I have my children. So I have quote real life, but there's nothing unreal to me about Instagram and being mm -hmm. able to through the image share in this emotional experience. And there is this, you know, if I were to, to look at the last 10 years or 12 years, however the hell long I've been on Instagram, this, this image sharing process has brought so many beautiful people into my life and so much investment, mutual investment, where I am genuinely interested in them. And especially after a, a client, now I'm just, now I just am in love with them. Now I'm in love with them and their children. The, the child gets a new horse and I'm like, oh my God, you know, like I love that child forever. Like I'll see it in stories and I'm like the auntie now, you know, yeah. like, love you. I've taken pictures of you. And I really feel that way when there is this connection through the the photograph. It's a vehicle for me with all of its dilemmas. Um, it's just a, this vehicle for me for a transportation to our most pure and beautiful place, which is a good memory. There is nothing more elevating and resplendent and light than a good memory. When you when you said that you were interested in um, well that you love the idea that your clients would well your clients children would inherit the photos and that their their children would have the photos later and all it made me think of ripples that's how you say them you just say that right yeah. like that could go on you know so far yeah well it's horizontal though but it's still the same idea of you know sometimes you you never know when it's gonna stop and sometimes they're almost invisible. Um, they are being sound or it's it's easier to see in the water for say but 
Um, yes, it's really yeah. what it is. It's vibration. It's uh, I want to sound new age, but it's um, it's. I think that's really what it is. And um, sometimes, well, when you when you attract ideal clients or the clients that understand your work, you don't necessarily have to explain things thoroughly. But sometimes I I, I speak it out anyways. But I always tell my clients in our uh, in our first um, phone call that. I want them to have photos. I will move them or bring them to to tears when in 20 years or 40 years from now. Like it, that's really the only thing that's worth it. Like it's you want nice photos. Well, I will take nice photos of you, but that's not what I will try doing. That's not my 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 main point. Of course, I will try to make things look nice, but not bringing you all at the same spot on the top of a mountain to see the sunset doesn't it's, mean anything to me it's <laughs> it's interesting because i feel like my work attempts to merge those two things where for me i don't press the shutter unless the image itself is very gorgeous as well like so i don't do necessarily and you'll see this in my portfolio like i'm not in people's homes like i just listened to a class and she was talking about like the family was moving and she was taking pictures of the boxes while she was there because she wanted them to be able to remember that that's not an image that I would take. That's not an image that I market. There is a whole niche that is exploring that now of this like idea of no, we're, we're not making gallery like images. We're doing this other thing, which is how it really was, you know? And for me, I've never felt like there was any sort of dilemma. There was no dilemma for me as I thought, let's take the family experience, but let's extrapolate you from all of the factors that are not visually interesting and mm -hmm. let's put you in a, in a in a simulation that is your home or that is you know out at the river or a natural environment and we're going to aim for both we're yeah. going to aim for the work with you. yeah that's i think a, i think as i've honed the uniqueness of my base product of my family photo shoot that's in black and white and everything that I'm doing now with the Polaroids. I am super interested in just the pretty image. I love it. I am super interested in the idea that when we're on a photo shoot, I want every single one to be mutually loved by them and loved by me as an artist. It's like the ultimate creative mm -hmm. orgasm. Like yes. I want to, I want both parties to have this mutual, because as an artist, I need that. I need, and, and striving for it is very interesting to me. And I'm very competitive with myself about it. I want to be creating, how can I merge Dorothea Lang and my mom's old photos? How can I merge that into an image where it has this really personal quality of just being a mom and then this really artful quality of being lifted and elevated so the the convergence of those two things is is that area is the area that i'm most interested in and i'm kind of fascinated where it feels like at times photographers because i love to hear what they say and feel working with family photographers being in groups retreats da, da, da. and there is um this idea that that's like selfish and you're doing it for you and for your portfolio and things like that for mm -hmm. me like my clients, they want me to be, they need me to be 
as selfish as possible in terms of my vision, because mm -hmm. that is the space in which I produce for them. If I get into this service-like uh, mental space where I am like a plumber who's coming over to do a service and you pay me for that, it's not, I don't feel free. I need to replicate the idea that maybe I'm paying them. They're my models. And I am moving on this environment to be able to create from my, from my mental landscape. And that mental landscape is really identifiable. It's the, you know, hard light, it's the clouds, it's, it's the black and whites that I do. It's, it's touch in a certain way, hands and this, and people come to me. I've created a business such that people come to me for that because I knew that that was the only visual lexicon I was willing to use. I needed it to be really beautiful at the same time as it told the genuine story of their lives. It's powerful. <laughs> I've been thinking about this stuff a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Visual lexicon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course we're thinking about this. <laughs> Do you think that awesome. or go ahead? No, that that feels um like it's um it's precious to be able to take time. Like sometimes you you're just running, you know, after your own tail and um like you're you can be creating something or um well in terms of business or pure art or whatever. But if you're yeah, you really need time off or time on the side or time I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know what height, but yeah, yeah what distance to things, but you really need a, half a step back or something um and uh yeah i love how you how you well naturally or just instinctively or deeply have to do this <laughs> oh absolutely it's and yeah, i try to say that to my like my students this was a great quote that i heard once once which is talent is the thing you can't not do and i thought that that was the perfect description of talent. It's irrepressible. I loved how you were describing your process where you, and the idea that, well, I've always been taking pictures and then you weren't in business, but yeah, every time a new baby was born, I was taking a picture of it, identifying that and then going into the work that is already being done. When I, when I work with students that feel confused and they don't exactly know what they want to do, my question to them is always, what have you, what have you been doing? And we can, we can, take away from that, okay, I don't want to do this. I've been doing this, but for a weird reason, or I've been doing this just for money and we'll take away. But there's a core there of the thing that you've, you know, you cannot suppress it. This thing that you've always done, you must do it. You've been doing it. You want to do it. There's, there is a moment, a natural momentum within it. And I think it comes from, um, it always comes from like these deep personal family childhood experiences every photographer that I've talked about or talked with about this, it's like yours. It's a motivation like yours. It's a motivation like my student this week of, she didn't have any photographs of her mother. Yeah. How long can a motivation like that last? A lifetime. Yeah, definitely. How long can I seek to reclaim slash be in conversation with this childhood home? Forever like 20 years so far <laughs> and I'm not sick of it at all. 
I like honing it and building off of it, but that's the idea of the seed. It's the seed. Mm -hmm. And when you can identify, which isn't easy, when you can identify the seed of, of the work, you're, it's going to explode. Do you have any, what's your relationship to self-belief? What's your relationship to doubt? What's your relationship to fear in terms of this project? What's your relationship to anxiety, to failure, success? Uh, tell me about your internal mental state as you approach it. Are you feeling free, capable, and and self-believing? Are you feeling all, you know, doubtful and scared, all of it? Does it vacillate? Um, actually, this project is 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 huge. Like, um, it really is. physically, geographically, and uh, emotionally. But at the same time, you know, I'm like, you probably, well, you surely notice, like my, my, my client's work is uh, digital, mm -hmm. but I'm a film photographer in the first mm -hmm. place. And I'm doing this, I'm doing this project on film plus, you are? Okay. plus digital video. Yes, I am. I, in my normal life, I'm all film, but that's another, that's another story you can talk in uh, mentorship. Um, but, but to for me like for this project i'm just just as i did with my other projects or with my artistic work it's all film and and uh i'll be using perhaps seven cameras <laughs> i'll see how many i can bring in my suitcase but right. I, I'll, I'll <laughs> it's seriously so painful that's ridiculous i really need to to find a way to uh to to um to harness my 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 ideas and uh inspiration in a way to be just technically logical and effective in a way because i'll be traveling but uh i'll have way more equipment than anything else <laughs> probably a toothbrush yeah one bra perhaps two no <laughs> but seriously uh, but all that to say that i feel so confident and so free knowing that I'll be working with digital uh, not not with film sorry you know I'm I'm feeling so free just knowing that I'll be relying on on film which is imperfect and like I I know I won't see the result before a few days I'll be processing my my films in Europe um but still I I know that there will be a few days between the time I'm going to be taking the pictures and and I will not be able to go visit my my friend's mother's grave again even if i'm spending a few days in in, a, in 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 one place i know that it's i'll be taking everything i can with what i have and i know i want to use several um film formats mm -hmm. to reflect the archives that we inherited you know with 35 millimeter with Love six it. by six instant okay. photography so i i to me like it everything is essential and but what's more essential than er anything else is the fact that i'll be juggling with these and taking what inspires me and or what's purposeful for the the subject that i'll have in front of me okay. and so and, and that's giving that's taking pressure away from our shoulders it's really the i'm not working with fully automatic cameras but just the idea of using that type of, of cameras is just feeling it's, it's so yeah it's such a relief 
I absolutely love to hear you say that because I feel similar way. And so many people associate film with risk and feeling less safe. And I don't feel that way, especially because it's being captured on a physical negative, which is exactly. so more reliable to me than a card. Absolutely. Something. So, exactly. I mean, and to me, like, I hear the film advancing, I hear the shutter. It's there. I, it's happening and that takes time shooting film over time like in the beginning of course i was like there's no way anything's happening this is just a cloud like there's nothing you know i needed to build that trust with it but to me i love to hear you say that because i i, I really feel like film is a, such a reliable companion for you in this journey and it I is. and it's physical it's there it's gonna survive me it's gonna yeah like i i that'd be to me that'd be such such a pity that everything i'll be discovering would end up like in the digital world and being lost you know yeah. because of bad data migration like sure but that it's a nightmare just thinking yeah. about it it's well, I feel also, so sad <laughs> yeah i also love that um you talked about the project being so large and what i see when you say that is you correct me if i'm wrong this is an assumption that i'm I, that i have from hearing you speak about the project and how you approach it it seems like you work best when there is this formidable obstacle that needs that you need to bring this sort of tenacity to. It seems like that is a, an essential component. Like I am reading you as, a, as an artist who works extremely well under these conditions. And the conditions are the largeness of the project, the personal relevance, the, the, the difficulty of the tools where even though they provide safety for you, they are difficult they're imperfect they are they're not going to make up for your gaps if there's no light there's no light unless you want to use flash uh using film kind of is like you know you're taking the you're 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 heading to the americas on a ship like there is no flight you're not taking the flight over you know like there's the, this to me i'm seeing this project in a manner like i said in the beginning like it's something more of a quest where there, there's going to be a lot of obstacles, but I sense that that is a, a very satisfying element for you. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're mostly right. And the, the fact that, you know, how memories kind of grabs onto photos, like I, to me, this project, like, let's say if I'm somewhere and I have to take a picture of something and let's say I don't have the right camera because I, had my small purse, but no, I never do. But like, well, it doesn't matter. The project itself is just a reason, like it's just a, a pretext to, 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 to talk about these things. And that's an, an aspect of my my work that we we didn't talk about is because my project is really um, a, a will to talk about grief and talk about loss and talk about death and these subjects. Well, in in my culture here, are really you know hidden in the in the closet like which, they're really not talked about culture, which culture is that i'm french canadian so french canadian and we know we, we really uh turned away from religion uh we we went our families went from being very religious to very very being life or and uh and we lost a lot of um rituals and um and that's it so we, my I, I feel I think I feel that comfortable with the project because yes yes it's a it's a photo project and video project but also I'll be writing and we'll be corresponding I'll be you no know, I'm I opened I um a canal you know I I, I just 
opened a breach to be able to talk about this with my friends who never have the opportunity to talk about what they experienced and what they feel like and also so even if let's say i'm taking these very meaningful photos and there's something wrong that happens with my film well we're going to be able to use the moment we live to express ourselves in a way that i can use writing for like i mm. like to me i like i'm i'm i know i'm taking risks i know i'm using a lot of resources it's going to be expensive it's going to take my time i'll be away from my family but Oh, that's great. <laughs> but seriously, like I've never feel I've never felt less afraid in my entire life because this this yeah. is meaningful. And I know I have several net nets, but you know, I Yes. I yeah, I, I feel so well, you just, and, yes. And I really want to build this safe space with my friends and uh like for us and for others that could have, you know, feel that this this safe space is gonna be for them too, and they'll be looking at the the piece of work I'll be putting together, and I don't know what I don't I don't know what the the photos proportion to my work to my project will be. I don't know how much writing there will be. I don't know how much video there will be. Totally, the whole project is going to teach you its form as you go. Exactly, I'll, I'll know in a year from now, perhaps know yes. a little bit more. It's it feels amazing. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and as you said, that the point is that the entire experience is a container for grief and a and a clearance point to be able to explore these things that it is it is fail proof because as you said no matter what the goal of this experience is to explore step by step and so that you are doing that and you're going to shape the the ultimate form you have openness for that shape to take whatever whatever form it it does and you have all of these tools that you're starting out with and you have this openness and using this word perhaps perhaps it will be this perhaps it will be this and to be able to, you know, at this juncture, in this moment, what you have is all of your ideas, your work, your feelings about it, and your plane ticket. And that's super exciting. I'm so inspired. It's, I'm like, everything I'm doing is so small and boring. I need a quest. <laughs> it feels uh, it feels like a dream at the same time. Like it's uh, so far, I've been talking a lot about the project, but not doing much. Like it, it, it feels that I'm starting. I'm, I'm starting to. You know, I'm. I, I'm just saying what it sometimes feels like, or might be viewed as. As let's say, let's say if my like my dad don't doesn't know what I'm doing, like he's got the impression I'm not doing anything. But oh, my dad doesn't know what I'm doing either. Like he doesn't know what I'm doing either. Well, and, uh, all, of the, all of the this philosophical and emotional scaffolding is or is the root that's underneath this entire project that's going to grow up into a tree with visible fruit and people can 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 latch onto it at that point but all of this is all the preparation all the percolation all the ideas expressing the ideas feeling what is most relevant knowing that you're going to reflexively respond when you get into all of these moments freeing yourself from needing to take the, the sacrifices that come with it, which is being away for a while and et cetera, and the expense, the burden, the, the, you know, all, all of the, the emotional things that happen when you travel alone. Um, all that is like the, the simmering of all the ingredients before the dish is ready. So it's, exactly. there's more of that. I, I really relate to that to me. Like, there is years, the book that I'm working on right now is like, I've been writing this thing in my head since I was 20, really. And if you, you know, and someone like I say, yeah, I've been writing it for this long. It's like, has have I been typing it or writing it? No. 
And so that, yeah, we are similar in that we have this really active cerebral component. And then when the work finally comes out, it's back, it's back loaded with all everything that went on before. And I think that that makes the work ultimately extremely powerful and meaningful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a, as an artist, I used to have like, um, um, like projects I was working on and I, 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 I had my try and, you know, I had, you know, being or well, trying to be exposed in great galleries and all, but it's very difficult. And I, I took a step back from that saying like, what a crazy world. Like I, I need to work in real life and I need to make a living. So I stepped back from that. But right now I like to me being, of course I would love my work to be in a gallery, but I know it's not a means to an end. Um, um, uh, a, a good friend that's working, well, that's being um, kind of counselor for my project, like said that said to me uh, something very important. She said, you know, the the first very meaningful thing you'll be doing is that creating this thing for you girls. Like you, you the yeah. fact that in the first place you will make this book, or you will in the first place um, uh, not showcase, but show the the projections to your friends is gonna be, it's, it's like, it's the most important step. Yeah. It's and not a 1000 people crowd. It's not absolutely. a hypest gallery in town. Who cares? Yeah. That's your main goal. And I was absolutely. like, yeah, for sure. That's why I'm doing this. And she said, that's right. And there you go. You're, you hold on to this. And of course, after that, if it can radiate more, it's gonna be amazing. And I'll be searching for avenues, but. Well, and it will. And you already have evidence of that with the crowdfunding response. And you said it's very, moving and it's you already know you already know the value of, of the project you're not in doubt about that at all which i love um i think that confidence is is a really important com component but now you have evidence of it in terms of the crowdfunding and i think that that's really how moving art works where if you're seeking to have this broad reach it, it's going to uh, come across shallow there's nothing wrong with wanting a broad reach but it can disrupt the creative process when mm -hmm the very nature of it is this childlike exploration, digging, wondering, being open and free to wonder without needing to kind of make something that's going to have this guaranteed effect in a certain demographic in a certain way. In fact, you're, you're, you're getting more and more subjective. You're getting more and more personal. You're getting more, more intimately focused. And that's what we, as all viewers, that's what makes it more universal and have a profound emotional reach. Do you know the, I think I told you about this, the photo book Days of My Father. I Days did order it. I'm waiting for it. Did you it order looks, it? I did order it. I found a very cheap secondhand copy. It was hard to find here in Canada. So I think I gave, I'm always giving it out. I gave it to someone. I'm looking at my shelf right now. I think I gave it away. I did. Um, I need to get one and I saw it on eBay and it was like $300 and I was like, what? You know, so I was like, all right, I need to check back and wait for another copy to come. Uh, he's a photographer. He shoots for all sorts of huge, whatever, New York Times, da, 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 this, that. But this project was, he wanted to photograph his father as he was declining. And as he was, you know, in his last days, it was so personal. It was so, um, the need, the, the itch that he was trying to scratch was so, so personal. It really wasn't for these clients and this big reach and this big audience. And that book is so beloved 
like it's out of print now, which it shouldn't. I wish it would go back into print. It is such, it's my favorite photo book. It is such a fantastic book. And the photographs are so simple. And he says something really important in there. And it's funny and it's revelatory. It's simple. It's, it's, it's so, 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 so pretty. And he says, my father's dying. And he says, he speaks of my work and my success. And I let him, this isn't a direct quote, this is paraphrase. And I let him, um, for the first time in my life, I allow myself to feel his approval without any, I've, I allow myself to feel his open approval and receive it as his child. And this, this idea that they've let it all go. They've let go the father not needing to give approval. They've let go the son being like, no, dad, I'm still, I'm not great. I'm not, you know, and they're just open before death. And he, the father is saying, I'm so proud of you. And, and the son is saying, thank you. And they're, they're reveling in this, um, you know, his success as a photographer. And then in, it's so interesting to me that, you know, then the tiny, it's small and long, the tiny book about that small moment mm. comes this, this, you know, huge, which I have no idea financially how it worked, but I know that so I know so many people who have loved that book. It is a really, really beautiful story about the parental relationship and death. He had lost his mother and they go through that. The father has Alzheimer's and thinks the mother is alive. And he tells a story every single morning. No, she went off to Paris and this, and the father says, okay, when, when will she be back? And this heartache that he goes through each morning describing this. And sometimes the father remembers and he has a picture of it. Oh. The father is, he knows everything. It all comes back to truth and these small photographs and damn, that book is like so inspiring to me. He's just telling the, the truth of, of what he ex is experiencing in the moment without needing to, for it to be any kind of sellable product. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, it's just pure experience and people love to see that. And uh, two weeks ago, I was having a chat with, um, well, it, it was an interview with um, a journalist from my local town's uh, newspaper. It was, but it was fantastic chatting about the the journalist, like in the from the cultural, you know, the culture, culture, know, culture. section. Yeah, but it's been I've been that's been interviewing me for the last 15 years and everything every every time i have i do something i let her oh, know nice. and you're just catching up and um and um and she knew my actually her 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 husband is the one that hired me when i uh, to become a, a lab technician when i was 16. to become what a lab technician, like a photo lab technician. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so, so we reconnect from like I know I've known her for for a very long time. Yeah. From the distance, but still, and she knew my mom in a way. She she know she 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 saw her a few times. And um, mm -hmm. all that to say that um, I think she mentioned that uh, saying like, "Well, Marion, like it's the it's such a big project. It's like the project of your life." And I'm like, I don't know. Like I have them so far. It is like it's something. I, I cannot think of something more meaningful than this, but I don't know what door it's gonna open. Like, I, I, so exciting. I, I seriously, I, 
I have these bubbles of, of confidence in terms of not knowing what's going to happen and it feels wonderful. And I, ha I also have these bubbles of, I'm not having expectations. Like I, I, but at the same time, I know very well that that can lead to something else. Yes. Like it, it's, it, it's, I know it's a Pandora box. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, and, and next week, I, I, I meant to mention this, like next week, well, we're going for, uh, I'm going back home. I'm going to my dad's place for, um, for Easter. Mm. And uh, I, I meant to go through my mom, well, one of my mom's negative box forever. Mm. Like I, I know that in, in these boxes, I will have the uncurated Work. And I know I'll be finding all these B-sides, you know, photos that never made it. And that, that will be so meaningful. I know I'll find pictures of her that didn't make it. And I, I know I'm going to find all kinds of things, but I, I kept it away for 20 years. But uh, I'm going to go and start going through that and bring my, my scanner and uh, see what I can grab and ask my dad questions. Because sometimes I will want to know, you know, a bit of what, where, when. <laughs> If, yeah. if I if I don't know it by by myself, so it's gonna be so rich. That that's a real Pandora box to begin with. But um, yeah, archives and just the the depth of life. God, I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Totally envious. I'm like. Okay, this is my next. This is my my next thing. I want to create a, a quest. Probably going to Greece. It's been on, on my mind. Then the vaccination requirement changed everything. My father retired two years ago, or attempted to retire. He's working again. He's eighty, and he's a truck driver. Wow. He won't retire until he physically cannot drive a truck uh -huh. anymore. But I had in mind, I want to go there and I want to experience his village and all this. And then obviously, travel became crazy and wild, and there were so many other considerations, and I can't even get in now so that ended that prospect but maybe even i could make it something in the states definitely family related definitely around the homes that we or they my parents have lived in things like that i've wanted to do something like this and i feel like so inspired to start thinking about it i feel like knowing about your project and hearing your process has just birthed this new branch off my brain of like I want something scary and adventurous and deep. I want a Pandora's box. And uh, you mentioned something about, you know, simmering with all these ideas that can, you know, sometimes take a long time before they get out of their con well, container. Oh, long time. <laughs> um, but there's something amazingly strong or powerful in the way that it makes, it's, it cleans the way when, when you're, let's say, busy, you're doing something and you have, you know, a personal project or whatever you want to call it or artistic project, but when you're an artist, it's hard to draw the line, but that, it, no, it's strong enough that it stays with you. Like, yeah, just like a singer would say, well, no, I'm not writing down, well, or a, a composer is, say, is confident about not writing down all the, the notes that he hears, you know, but he knows that if, 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 a, if a motive, uh, if, yes. if, uh, it stays in his head it's strong enough like it yes it's worth it or so it's it, it's interesting to be open to that feeling and don't want to use the word confidence again but uh, my brain is tired it, it it feels good to be open to this and that's I love that word motive yeah strong enough motive I don't know that I've discovered that yet I have a few things that I'm hovering on We've been and talking for two hours. We certainly have. 
Do you mind if I go grab a, a glass of water before you ask a question? You know, I think I think that we should wrap up. I yeah, we should wrap up. Covered, I think we've covered everything, and I I want to thank you so much for your time. I'm absolutely in love with you, and I feel like so so inspired, and I feel so excited for you to take all these steps. I want to. I'm like invested. I'm 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 your number one fan. I translate on Instagram. I translate the captions into English. And that seems to work well that I'm able to follow sufficiently to while doing that. Do you have any plans to incorporate English more so that English only speakers can follow more coherently or I I thought about it in the like I I as you can see, like I I, I do speak English. Um I of course a lot of my my thoughts of my sensitivity comes from you know my the my my ideas you know as as they are in my own head and um there was a time when i was more connected to english and even like english would come mm -hmm. out first you know when i was on flickr i was writing in english you know captions and shit flickr is good old days um but this time is behind the, the this is behind me and uh of course, I like the idea of um, exploring my well, my own culture and rooting my 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 work in in my culture and even in the French speaking world. But of course, I would love to uh, translate things more. I I, I had a thought about uh, about translating my my uh, crowdfunding video, for instance, but I just lacked time, and I was I'm just it was a crazy 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 winter, and I. I actually just got my head above water sure. last week. And so I, you know, I'm letting some things go and translating was part of it. Um, and um, sometimes it feels weird to just, um, you know, create things in a language and just translating. So I, I will really have to find my own way of sharing. And so far, like, I don't know, like so far, I've been sharing my project with people I know, and I, I, I kind of chose, or the the circumstances circumstances chose that I or made that I could not go beyond by translating stuff. So it stopped my my audience, but and I decided it was fine for now because I was too busy. But of course, in the future, I'll be officially, you know, um, diffusing or trying to make this work. Uh, being known here and there and by meeting new people and I will have to it, it was my first time talking about it in English so it's bringing my thoughts somewhere else too like and now I'll, I'm reading Sally Mann and it's giving me vocabulary that I don't necessarily have when in when it when it comes to uh, thinking about the past archives grieving and all like my first language will always be my first language yeah. so I really need to find a balance and uh, being able to to like uh, stretch uh, my arm to to hold people's hands and bring them in, um, sure, sure. but knowing there will be an audience is a motivation. So of oh, course. absolutely. I mean, your project is something I know. I know for my audience, absolutely. The people that are that follow me are I can guarantee are going to be extremely interested in this project. And um, like for sure, I would. Uh, I strongly invite everybody to follow the Instagram page. I have a hard time posting uh, on Instagram. I have a hard time syncing my Facebook page and my Instagram. I'm a very on. I'm a very low-fi person, and I'm a bit lost with social media. And I'm very, um, I'm very bad at 
um, using my phone, you know, to post or using apps to help me post more efficiently. Like I feel like a dinosaur. So trying my best, but I, I, my Facebook and uh, Instagram page will be um, a great showcase to, and I'm, I'm allowing me, I haven't been very active because I was busy, but I, I just wanted a, a minimal content base, but I'm starting the project now and I, I want to be more transparent and more yeah. um, generous or, or uh, like transparent in terms of how I do things and I'm more spontaneous, which I'm normally not because I don't feel quite at ease, but I'll be away. You'll find the right tool. Yeah, you'll find the right tool. And it, that may honestly be, I could see you use, utilizing video on stories and just being able to be off the cuff and have it not be this curated product in stories yeah. or anything like that, but letting the feed be the images and et cetera. And then just sort of discussing your process. Like it doesn't have to be any kind of really it doesn't have to take up a lot of time yeah exactly and it, 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 like, the, the main point in general is that it doesn't have to be super well curated yeah. well and i think it's super fascinating when people do that when they just hop on and talk about their projects and we'll make this available and this will be yeah this is this is obviously a very long form conversation and i'll look at the the right place to post it so that where people can have access to it and and listen to it um I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed this conversation. I'm, I'm oh my goodness. incredibly, incredibly excited for you. Uh, I would love to have a coffee with you. Uh, it's it's great to have the opportunity to meet. They won't, and... they won't let me in. I'm not allowed to come to you. Uh, <laughs> my brother so... lives in Quebec, so Quebec. My brother lived there for, forever. It's a beautiful city. I really not in winter. Uh, you can't really convince me to come in winter, but yeah, maybe you need like... to find a way to love winter. Things, yeah. When things open back up, oh my god, I would love that. Or come to Arizona. I'm here. It's uh, um, I, I, it's funny because I just had a new passport. It had been three years since I had no passport because okay. I just I realized it was expired and I just didn't need it. So, but it's a, uh, it, it's a strange feeling to to just the idea of being able to go somewhere else. It, it's such a strange two years. Anyways, yes, um, yeah, but yeah, opportunities. It's all about opportunities. Absolutely. I'm so excited for you. Thank you well, so I'm much. I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to talk to you. Absolutely. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Anastasia. Bye. Talk to you soon.